Chapter Two of the Subjection of Isabel Carnaby. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Subjection of Isabel Carnaby by Ellen Thornycroft Fowler. Chapter Two Fabia Vipart. A native gentleman dressed in european costume was sitting alone in the drawing-room of an indian bungalow he was a man in the prime of life with the narrow figure and small hands and feet of the true oriental his head was likewise small and his hair absolutely black no beard or moustache hid his firm yet delicately moulded mouth and chin and the upper part of his face showed considerable fineness of form a handsome man undoubtedly but with the beauty of the east rather than of the west a man likewise of considerable fascination but whose charm had something weird and uncanny about it he was one of those who strive to lift the veil of the great temple of nature and to pry into her hidden places and he had succeeded in wresting from her certain of those secrets which she in her wise and tender motherhood keeps as a rule concealed from the sons and daughters of men this meddling with the occult had left its mark upon him had set him apart as it were from the common herd and had loosened those bonds of sympathy which bind ordinary men and women to each other in this workaday world so that people felt awe for him rather than affection and found him fascinating rather than lovable the house in which he was sitting was not his own for it was full of signs of feminine habitation and ram chandar mukharaji was a bachelor it was the house of his distant cousin fabia vipart whom he had called to see and for whose appearance he was now patiently waiting and like all orientals he had mastered the art of patient waiting he did not fidget about the room as an englishman in the same circumstances would have done trying to find some book or newspaper to while away the time lest one minute of it should be lost that is to say should be unoccupied with outside interests but he sat quite still absorbed in his own thoughts with a stillness unknown to the children of the western races presently the swish of silken skirts was heard approaching and miss vipart entered the room then for the first time the face of the man showed signs of animation being illuminated with the light of a great joy that was all the more intense for being silent good morning fabia he said as he took her slim brown hand in his own his voice was as soft and silken in its tone as was the rustle of his cousin's skirts as sweet in fact as a woman's good morning ram chandar i am glad you have come because i want particularly to see you i have something to tell you of course i came i am always coming i only live in order to come here and i only go away in order to have the pleasure of coming again 
Fabia smiled and sank down into a low chair, stretching out her slender form luxuriously. It would have been apparent to the most casual observer that those two belonged not only to the same race, but also to the same family. There was such a strong resemblance between them. But the infusion of English blood in the girl's case placed the balance of beauty on her side. She was some twenty years younger than her cousin, which is always physically an advantage, but in addition to this she had inherited something of her father's fibre. Though equally slender, she was taller for a woman than Mukharji was for a man. As they stood together, their eyes were almost on a level. While his hair was a dead black, hers was a dusky brown, relieved by innumerable lights and shadows. Her nose and mouth were as finely formed as his, but in place of his thin and colourless lips, hers were a ripe crimson. They had the same full forehead and flashing eyes, but the expression of their faces was totally different. There was no doubt that Ram Chandar was a handsome man, but Fabia was an exceptionally beautiful woman. Beautiful indeed as a dream, but with something serpentine in the quality of her beauty, something snake-like in the perfection of her grace. I have to tell you, she said, and her voice too was like his in its softness of tone and slowness of movement, that I am going away going away to england the man sat still and did not speak but his silence was heavy with the weight of suppressed passion fabia did not trouble to look at him these two knew each other so well that words even looks were unnecessary between them i am weary of the life here the girl went on weary of the routine and the emptiness and the frivolity weary most of all of the contempt of the anglo-indians as they call themselves so i am going to england then at last the man spoke you will hate it I think not. I am partly English myself, you see, and the English part of me is homesick for England. I can feel my father in me crying out to return to his native land. You say the English out here despise you. If they do, what matters it? They are but pariahs and dogs. But still, if they do so here, will they not do so also in England? And shall you like it any better there than here? you are wrong ram chandar there is none of that prejudice in england that there is here against people of mixed races i have talked to men and women fresh from england and i know they will admire me all the more for it for that and for my beauty they are so commonplace themselves those english that they are ready to fall down and worship whatever is out of the common so that pure whiteness here and mixed whiteness in england are equally worthy of their adoration mukharjee did not speak but he fixed his wonderful eyes on the girl and willed her to tell him all that was in her thoughts she moved her head restlessly under his gaze for half a minute then she answered him as if he had spoken i do not wish to keep anything from you i will tell you all that is in my heart there never have been any secrets between you and me there never can be i can read your soul my child as i read an open book 
and i tell you that you will hate those english when you see them in their own land i think not i think not ram chandar if i do not hate them now when they look down on me why should i hate them when they adore me for i mean them to adore me i have made up my mind to that and what i intend that i always accomplish again the man fixed his eyes on the girl without speaking and again she moved restlessly yet with infinite grace she was one of those rare women whose every movement is in itself a thing of beauty i despise them too utterly to hate them she continued but i want to show them my power to lord it over them as they now try to lord it over me and although i despise them they have a certain interest and charm for me i admire their big bodies and their fair complexions and it amuses me to trifle with their shallow little souls you had far better stay here fabia among your own people who understand you among my grandmother's people you mean you forget that i am more than half english he did not forget he never forgot that fabia belonged quite as much to the alien race as to his own and he was deeply and bitterly jealous of the foreigners in consequence for once the impenetrable veil of his reserve was lifted fabia do not go he entreated and this time there was passion in his voice as well as in his eyes stay here and be my wife i love you fabia i have always loved you you are part of my very soul then at last the girl turned lazily in her chair and looked at him and once more he forced the truth from her by the strength of his will i cannot marry you ram chandar i do not love you you are too much like myself if i marry i should like to marry a big strong englishman with a fair complexion and a big heart if i married you you would want to be my slave and i should not like that at all but the big strong englishman would be my master and would do with me whatsoever he would he would know none of my thoughts but i should know all of his and yet he would be the master because he would be strong and stupid in this world strength and stupidity are the great ruling powers nothing can stand against them and i should hate him for ruling over me ram chandar oh yes i should hate him but i should adore him for it all the same she paused but the man made no reply then as if impelled by some power stronger than herself she went on and although i despise them i resent their contempt for me i want to be one of themselves and to share their privileges and to hurt them as they have hurt me and my mother before me ram chandar i must go even if only for a short time if you go you will never come back in that case you can come to me perhaps so perhaps not that is as fate wills but what about all that i have taught you fabia what about all those hidden things to which no woman's mind save yours has ever been opened is all this to be wasted because you choose to live among english dogs who have no thoughts beyond their own vile bodies and to whom the world of spirits is for ever closed not necessarily it will be and necessarily but i will waste no more breath in argument your mind is made up and nothing will turn you you were not even half a murkarji if it would i loved your mother and she preferred an englishman to me i love her daughter and she will prefer an englishman to me it is as fate wills and nothing can alter it it is useless to fight against fate i submit 
my plans are all made said fabia in her sweet voice i had to make them by myself because you were away and mrs seaton wanted an answer by the next mail i wait to hear them if the man who had been a father to fabia ever since her own father's death was wounded by her cool independence of him he made no sign that he was he simply listened with an imperturbable face out of which he had smoothed every trace of his recent emotion i am going to stay for a few months with mrs paul seaton who lived here for four years with her uncle sir benjamin farley you remember him well and his wife also a soulless woman with a cultivated mind cultivated that is to say for an english woman they are generally such crude such untrained creatures then do you not remember their niece miss carnaby she became mrs paul seaton some years ago she must be quite old by this time well over thirty and i shall do whatever i like with her it isn't likely that a woman of that age will still have many plans and interests of her own fabia little wrecked that isabel had made the same remark almost word for word about her merely substituting young for old age is after all very much a question of perspective i remember her perfectly a noisy shallow sparkling brook of a woman the sort that the englishmen want to marry and consider themselves very fortunate if they succeed and ram chandar shuddered slightly papa did ah a look of ineffable disgust suffused the dark face he wanted that woman that empty babbling brook to fill your mother's place how english poor papa he was often very foolish and you hated her hated the chattering fool that was asked to step into your mother's shoes fabia smiled languidly no my dear ram chandar i did nothing of the kind to tell the truth i rather liked her although i despised her she was kind-hearted though too effusive for my taste and not nearly as offensively clever as she supposed herself a fool doubtless like most of her countrywomen by no means a fool a clever woman in a superficial way clever enough to know there were some things beyond her comprehension but not clever enough to try to comprehend them and you can forgive that woman for being asked to fill your mother's place you are indeed your father's daughter i can forgive any woman for being asked in marriage by any man it is her one possible diploma of merit the only woman i cannot forgive is the woman whom no man has asked in marriage she is a blot upon my sex you are cold fabia cold as ice and you are also cruel yet i love you the girl mocked him and i am also beautiful and yet you love me and i am also clever and yet you love me and i am also wealthy and yet you love me truly the love of man is a wonderful and a selfless thing again the handsome face put on its mask of immobility and whom did she finally marry this twenty-first love of your father a member of parliament what they call a radical by name paul seaton he is under secretary for the war office whatever that may mean he was poor too and she married for what she called love by which probably she meant a due sense of the unfitness of things and you can make yourself happy among such people for a time yes i am bored to death here i am tired of you all and have seen all that there is to see and have learnt by heart all there is to learn and i want a change and it never occurs to you to wonder what 
i want never wherein fabia spoke the simplest truth it never did occur to her to consider what anybody except herself thought or felt about anything at present she was completely and absolutely selfish she had schooled herself not to mind the social slights which in anglo-indian society the fact that she was a half-caste entailed upon her and she had succeeded in meeting them with the utmost indifference not to say contempt but they had had their effect upon her character all the same there are few baneful influences more difficult to withstand than that of continual social slights the iron of them is prone to enter into the strongest and purest souls and the iron does not invariably act as a tonic from sorrow and misfortune men and women often rise ennobled and purified but it is doubtful if a continuance of petty slights ever has a beneficial effect upon any human being it almost invariably hardens and embitters and changes the fairest elems into moraz indeed perhaps the cruelest part of losing a fortune is not its immediate effect upon ourselves but its effect upon our neighbours and their consequent treatment of us surely the king of israel was wise in his generation when he elected to fall into the hand of the lord rather than into the hands of men and what right have we forsooth in our mean and petty arrogance to distort and stultify the immortal souls of those men and women who happen to be less wealthy or well-born than ourselves what right have we in our smug self-complacency to deface the divine image and superscription on the current coin of our father's realm our only excuse is that we are ignorant of the harm we are doing the effect of a social snub being as a rule out of all proportion to the cause therefore the next time we feel constrained in our fancied superiority to teach as we phrase it some less fortunate fellow-man his place let us take care that our innate snobbishness and our cultivated insolence are not endangering the soul of a weaker brother thus it was not altogether poor fabia's fault that she was cold and selfish and hard it was rather the fault of those fashionable friends of her father's who felt it incumbent upon them to indicate their own social superiority by displaying a studied exclusiveness towards all those not of their own race or order but though the fault might be theirs the onus of the result rested with her and she like the rest of us had to take the consequences of her own failings to suffer the defects of her own qualities she had loved her mother more than she had ever loved her father but her admiration and respect were always put down to the latter's score the fact that he belonged to the dominant race had influenced her every thought of him and her very bitterness against the attitude of his people towards her was a proof that she invariably recognized their superiority her mother died when she was still a child and her father when she was just developing into womanhood since his death her mother's kinsman ram chandar mukharji 
had taken charge of herself and her property providing her with a duenna in the shape of a cast-off though eminently worthy governess whom the family of an english resident had outgrown underneath the almost oriental languor of fabia's manner her mind was feverishly active she was never really at rest never content consequently she was soon wearied of poor miss jones's conscientious supervision and plumed her radiant wings for wider flight it was then that isabel heard of her and her desire to come to england through one of lady farley's anglo-indian friends and mrs seaton sent out her invitation just in the nick of time when fabia felt that she could endure india and miss jones no longer the girl had inherited a handsome fortune and large estates from her mother and she had the independence and the intolerance of restraint which are the invariable attributes of moneyed immaturity thus she was as pleased at the idea of coming to the seatons as mrs seaton was at the idea of receiving her and she was just as set upon managing isabel as isabel was set upon managing her and the result of the contest between these two strong and self-willed women still lay in the lap of the gods End of chapter two